This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Captain America makes a ton of money, but not in America yet. To celebrate May the 4th, we interview Ohio-based comic artist Joe Caroni on his work with Star Wars comics. And the Sith PR machine is back as I try to defend the dark side. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. Uh, to celebrate this May the 4th, I am Paul. I love you, Stedman. And to my left, as always, is Joe. I know. Peters. Yes. Was that my name last year? I don't remember. Was Maybe. That? I don't know. I'd, I, I, go back I thought I was being really it. funny, so it probably is the it same thing as last year. Same thing last so I'm year. like, no one's ever thought of that before. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is our, our first show. We, brought, we we packed up the band and brought it back up to Cleveland after the Odd Mall. So thanks again, Odd Mall, for letting us uh, host yeah, panel there. Cool. Uh, thanks to Andy Hop for you know, letting us do that. It was a lot of fun uh, interacting with people and giving thank, away stuff. Thank you for all the audience members who came and and won cool prizes and, and interacted with us and asked us questions about Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, and, and thanks to the the PA guy <laughs> that was announcing that the snack bar was closing while we were mm-hmm. recording. So he was a vital part to the success of the show so i wanted to, to thank him but yeah thanks everybody it was uh it was a stressful day just just because we never did anything like that before uh but it was a lot of fun and it, it felt good to actually hear some laughter to what i think are jokes <laughs> as opposed to just like right. crossing your fingers and hoping that stuff landing so we, we just kind of sit here and like smirk like eh, that was a that was good, good one, one. Right? yeah right yeah i don't know Who like knows? i have a little tally sheet i keep beside me where i just keep marks of all the times i think i'm funny right and it's uh i have about seven so far over the past year yeah seven little hash marks i think i'm at four <laughs> so yeah the yeah again so thanks everybody uh odd mall they're doing other stuff over the summer i know they're like the canton there's something else going on so check out uh oddmallinfo.com uh so and maybe we'll be there who knows but it, it was a cool time and yeah. a lot of neat stuff hopefully we can get into a, another panelist type thing um we're gonna we're gonna try to work in that in because that was a lot of fun doing a live show we like to go out and see uh, our listeners or meet new listeners so yeah and and taking over the world one listener at a time so mm-hmm. that's what we're you know, that's what we're here for or two or three if we want to speed it up yeah right so um not a lot of news this time at least not a lot of news that we were going to uh get into because it feels like the end of the week is going to be so much more it's a jam-packed you know. like we're kind of i mean we're right on the cusp of odd mall like ending so it's like we we finished that show saturday and it's tuesday night tonight right yeah so we're we're really close between shows we usually don't get this close between shows yeah and and then this one's actually not going to go out for a few days because we want to make it more in line with um with may the 4th so it's yeah it's a little weird it's a little little timey wimey you you have may wobbly may the 4th uh you have civil war um and free comic book day all within this week it's a big week and it's 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 really hard for us to kind of do 
I don't want to say a good show, but we're too busy trying to enjoy all that stuff. Yeah, and then like Deadpool comes out on Tuesday, uh, next yeah. Tuesday on DVD. So there it's you like, go. like um, or Blu-ray if you know if you're fancy. Uh, so it's like if I feel like the, I, I don't know. <laughs> comes out on VHS if that's all you got. But let's get to what what news we have, and then we'll go from there. Everyone. Oh, and real quick, another shout out. I, I gave a thanks to Nick at the beginning of last episode, but Nick from Geek Eclectic, again, I'm just truly thankful for you helping yeah, out, thanks luck for and stuff, and, and supporting us. Like total, like it was awesome. Like, it was so. it was nice because Nick was working there with uh, Fierce, uh, Fierce, Confections. Fierce Confections, who was there as a vendor, as long as uh, Tim and Midwest Bass Grooming Company. So we had some friends of the show there, and um, we had a podcast brother with Nick helping us kind of like get things. Uh, set up and going so thank you very much for giving us a hand with everything that and if we would have ran into like another theme gang of other people we'd have been like we're the podcasters right and click our fingers mm-hmm. and then we would have we would have had like a like a little throwdown like and i would have been in the background just testing the sound the entire time making sure it sounds right <laughs> that's all what would happened i don't know what i would have been doing <laughs> just taking a mic and swinging it like a yeah. mace i would have been like, like how do i sound am i too quiet <laughs> yeah. am i quiet i'm peaking right now <laughs> yeah fatality um, start singing so um news just uh, real quick we talked about civil war coming it's already out internationally because yeah. um, uh, for some reason the rest of the world gets to see this movie that paul's been wanting to see since before he was born he just didn't know it but he has to wait like a week longer than everybody else that's what i don't get is like and i think marvel does that with with a lot of their movies yeah they'll just be like hey all ultron's out in england you yeah, know, or France, it's and then like, it's, I want to go. I want to go watch it's it. Like, why can't we get it first? So, yeah, it, but it's 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 making killer money. Uh, how much is it up to? Uh, first, after the first five days, two hundred point two internationally, uh, two hundred point two hundred point two million, not dollars, like two hundred two dollars. That would have been not a yeah. lot. Um, but it's uh, just as a point of reference, um, Batman Superman, Joe's favorite movie. Uh, it has made uh, fifty three. Sorry. F- Five hundred thirty-seven million worldwide, uh, internationally versus that two hundred that just right out the gate for Civil War. So, mm-hmm. Batman Superman has been out for what, like two months now, something like that. About it's creeping up on two months, yeah. So, so yeah, like it's just. I mean, I know we kind of not only did we burn down Batman Superman, but then we took the ashes and then burned those, uh-huh. and then but it just did. So far, I it, Civil War. I know I'm not going to be disappointed. I just, I, I just, I expect this thing is just going to just destroy everything, though. Like, yeah, it's gonna, it's, it'll probably break. Of, I'm guessing because this is pretty much Avengers three. It's gonna, it's gonna break Age of Ultron. I think. I would think so. And, and so far, it's getting um, better reviewed than Age of Ultron as well. So, oh, um, no doubt the yeah. Russos do some good work. Um, yeah, but I, I, mean, I feel like that, that that they've they found the balance that uh, that Age of Ultron. I like the movie, but it, it felt like it was trying to do too much. And I know Civil War is also going to be doing the same thing, but I feel like they found a way to make it kind of, I don't know, part of it all. Like, it's, so we'll yeah. see. Like, uh, But I'm excited. Like, I'm going to see it Thursday night, and, and then I'm going to see it Saturday. This, this is my Star Wars. Like, I want to see it plenty. Okay. So I'll, I'll be... I think I'm going, I'm going Thursday night, and then I'm going Sunday. I was going to do Saturday. I may still. Who knows? I'm on vacation. Yeah. So I got plenty of time to watch some Civil Wars. Uh, so. 
Yeah, so I, it's because I, I know like Mary was going to be mad if we she didn't go see it. I'm like, but we can still go watch it. Like, there's no problem here. So yeah. I'm going to run off on Thursday night and go see it, and then be like, it was amazing, and then ruin it all for her and be like, here's the part where this happens. Here's the part where this yeah, happens. Yeah, I don't do that. Or no, I won't like do that. that. But like, you know, like my girlfriend's coming with me on Thursday night, but we were going to set up to go Saturday, but she's like, no, I'll go Thursday with you. I'm like, I'll go see it both days. I don't care. Yeah. So that's not to get off on a tangent here, but uh, I have no problem going to movies by myself. If I want to go see something, if I want to see it bad enough, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I mean, me I do, does your significant other go to the movies by by herself or with other without you uh, to go see things? Well, without she'll you? go. No, she'll go see things without me with other people like her family and stuff okay. or her friends. But like I, she doesn't go by herself. Like I've gone and seen a couple movies without her or anyone else, just sitting there watching a movie. Mad Max, I think, was the last one. I went yeah, for me, Fury, it was The Martian. Fury, yeah, Fury Road, just sitting in there. Yeah, the Martian in which I was by myself entirely in the theater. It was the greatest single moment of my theater watching life. They were probably like, you know, we're spending more money on electricity than your ticket, right? And then I put my feet up on the seats. Okay. I was so happy about that. So, so yeah, because like I know, I don't know, some people are, are odd about going to the movies by themselves. But for me, it's like you're already committing money to go sit in a darkened room and not talk to anybody else specifically, kind of, well, and stare forward. So it, why is it not a bad thing to go by yourself sometimes? This is true, and it's funny because, like, like I have a crew of guys that we usually hit all the Marvel movies together, um, and, you know, we always try to plan it around a Sunday because we work weird hours, and, like, um, the uh, the group, sometimes we'll get, out, we'll get out of work and we'll go have a beer real quick. Like, we got to hurry up and get to the movie. And then we go watch the movie, and there's usually, like, five or six of us. And when the movie's over, we just all skedaddle. Like it's just like <laughs> like like cockroach cockroaches and a light comes on. We go to yeah. our cars. So like this time around, my one buddy, he's like, you know what? I'm not doing this unless we all commit to going out and drinking after the movie and talking about it. I think that's fair because yeah. I mean that's true. I mean like like the whole reason I think like I want to go to movies with some of my buddies is because afterwards I want to discuss the movie. That's true. I, I do. And, yeah, like when I walked out of Hateful Eight, I had no one to talk to. And yeah. that was kind of like, that's a movie I kind of wanted to like, yeah. discuss a little bit. Right. You know? And it's just like, yeah. It's and, funny you should bring up Hateful Eight, though, because one of my one of my guys at work just watched it. And um, he's like, he's like, oh, my God. And we just were talking about it all day today. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, man. I wish you were there in like December when I had saw it so we could just go on and on about it. So. But yeah. you really enjoyed it. But so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I okay. I guess you you proved my point. I mean, not you countered my point of like it's good to go to have that discussion, which I do. What I do want that, and I have a feeling that after Civil War, it's going to be. This is also people I'm going to be going with my work, so I'm sure that Friday I'll have plenty of follow up that, and we could spoil it for everybody else that hasn't seen it yet, and yeah. be like, and then this happens, and then people get mad, and I'll be like, that's for all the times you ruined Games of Thrones for me. That's just the Games of Thrones, the Game of Thrones, Games of Thrones, yeah, all those throne yeah. games, you know, like uh, so. Anyway, so far so good for for Civil War. I'm going to like it. I'm just I'm, every time Paul Rudd's on the screen, I'm just going to squee. I'm just going to be like, you know, Paul Rudd squee and just be happy about it. So, um, also right now, uh, just a point of reference. Uh, um, what was it? Uh, Civil War has a 93% fresh rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and Batman Superman's still rocking the 28. So, like, yeah, yeah, and I feel bad. Like, I don't. I'm. I feel bad about throwing numbers out there because I, I read a lot of things and people are like, numbers don't mean anything. Money doesn't mean anything. You know, uh, you can, you know, Batman versus Superman could pull down all this money. Um, you know, I think it's the seventh highest grossing superhero movie 
of all time. And somebody said that. And then it's just like, you want to compare it to other stuff. It's like, yeah, Avatar made so much money and that movie is very forgettable. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I liked Avatar. Um, I didn't say it was a bad movie. No, but it was it's just, just like, it's, yeah. Can you name like three quotes or three famous lines from Avatar? No, um, you can't. Wow. I can barely. Oh, no, no. I got, I got one. I got one. Look at all that cheddar. Whatever. Uh, you know, Rubisi's like, you know, yeah. talking about all the um, unobtainium underneath the, unobtainium. the home tree. Yep. You know, see, home tree. I remember home tree. Is um, that what it was called? Home yep, tree? I think that's what they called it. The big tree was home tree. Oh, okay. And then I remember Colonel Quatrich kicking out that door and just what? knowing that he had to hold his breath and just shoot a gun. And that was so badass. Like, that was cool. What, what were, uh, what were the things that they that they rode on? What were those called? Um, the horse things? No, the the oh the bird things. The bird things. Uh, bird things. I don't yeah, some bird things exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like like Joe made, keeps proving this point to no. me that I liked Avatar, but I don't remember any of the words of Avatar. No, and like like but like that movie made so much money, but like nobody knows what the hell anything is called in that movie. There's a Jake Sully. I know Jake that. Sully's in there. Sigourney Weaver and and a, a Tiri's in there too. And then yeah. Colonel Quatrich. and. Uh, isn't Gamora in it? Zoe Saldana? Yeah, that's uh, she's um, Natiri. She's, yeah, Natiri. Yeah, yeah. but, but like, yeah, yeah, like, your point. It made but, a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it's but a, very... a lot of movies. You think even even Titanic for Christ's sake, like which is another James Cameron blockbuster. It's like you know, I can, I you know, I could name Jack and Rose and and uh, you know all the all the phrases. I'm the king of the world. You know, there's like all that stuff. I think that's like, much more memorable than um, Avatar, though. That but, movie. But yeah. That movie was a phenomenon. I remember it was number one in the theater for like what six years in a row or something. Yeah, it was like, like seven, like, eight, ten years. Yeah, like, like it movies all were was. coming out with like new stories. And, yeah, <laughs> and CGI and like. Yeah, it's like the version you've never seen before. Right. Titanic, Titanic in reverse. I don't know. Um, space. It's in space. No, I don't want to go on and on yeah. about the paradox of Avatar, but yeah, like, but my point is, is like movies make money, and that doesn't denote it's a good movie. That's true, and, and I know I'm it's I'm being kind of a sore winner by like ha 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 Marvel. Ha, ha, yeah, ha, I, I know we are, but um, I will say um, I'm I'm caught up on my Flash and my Arrow TV shows. I'm still behind, so don't. Um, I'm not going to ruin them. It's just that, and and then this is going to tie into my next point. It's not really a story point or not, like new story, but um, this is something we don't really talk about a whole lot in the show. Marvel's Agents of Shield. There was actually a really awesome moment on the, the show recently, and it doesn't give away any of the story points. It's just that. We all know Agent Coulson has a fake arm, right? Like a robot arm. Yeah. And there's a point where he has to hide from an explosion and then like, oh, will he make it out alive? Will he not? And as the debris falls away, he has a, a light construct of a shield that came out of his arm that had the shield logo on it. So something about the way that effect looked, it was really like awesome that you know he's such a fanboy of Captain America that he actually has a light construct shield he could pop out at will now. And it was like... One of those things where I'm like, the TV show did something that the movies haven't shown me yet. And that, that does not happen with the Marvel stuff. They did that in the comics. In the comics, yeah, but not in the connected in the the stuff. So I thought it was kind of cool that, um, that they're like, well, like, what's that? He's like, well, we decided to have that the, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. should have a S.H.I.E.L.D. And then everyone's like, you could have told us earlier. So it was kind of awesome. Like a cool surprise moment for a show that doesn't surprise me often. I really dug it. That's cool. But, yeah. but I feel like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is picking up speed. 
Um, I feel like Flash and Arrow are also picking up speed, and that is just proving my point of they should cut out like eight episodes a season just to keep it just tight and like just a break. They need neck. to make those two shows tighter. We've talked about this before, but well, Agents of Shield especially too. Like yeah. they just need to. It's getting good. I know you're not. I know you're not caught up. It's getting. good. I'm not going to get caught up. I'll probably jump back in after season three. I just don't want to jump in the middle of two. I I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So anyway, that's not really news, but I just think. Props to Agents of Shield. So, uh, last bit of news, real quick. Mighty Number no. Nine uh, finally gets a release date. It's been set back like every single time there, but close to releasing it. This has been a project that was kickstarted what three years ago, so it's finally coming to fruition. Uh, it will be available on like Xbox and PlayStation June twenty first. I'm excited for this because it's from the guy who one of the guys behind Mega Man. It's like it's a blue robot that he fights other robots and gets their abilities, but it has nothing to do with Mega Man. <laughs> And the fact he's called Mighty Number no. Nine that does not sound like Mega Man whatsoever. Well, Cuphead's Cuphead's getting pushed back more too, which is another game that's very that's going to be like cool. That. Yeah, um, I've I've been kind of watching that since E3. That's another game that I'm kind of anticipating because the Cuphead art, looks trippy. And the hard. Arts, the art style is amazing. Like it's like imagine like imagine a side scroller NES side scroller, but the whole game is almost done anime, animated style like, like Steamboat Willie. Like a 1930s cartoon. Yeah. Like the, and everything is hand animated in that and the way they did it. It's like very much like that herky-jerky. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Black and white. It's gonna, and I've heard the I've heard the difficulty of that game is ridiculous. I heard that too. Yeah, so like I'm excited for Cuphead. But yeah, yeah Mighty number no. 9, I will get it. Just like all the other games I've, I have recently, I'll play it for like 15 minutes and love it and then not have time to complete it. You know, I, I, I've i fallen into that. Like, I don't think I'm going to get those games because like, uh, like speaking of Mega Man, the Mega Man remastered editions or like Mega Man 9, 10, and 11 that came out where they were the 8-bit versions and they just... Yeah, they're awesome, but I just I started them I and started never finished them. And, them yeah. finished, and like I, I bought, I remember I bought the DuckTales remastered edition, Yeah, which was amazing because they got so many of the cast members to do the voices again. Yes. And it was just like really crazy because I'm like, oh my God, that's 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 Gizmo Duck, like, you know. But um, I, I played it like for a day and I was just like, oh, I'm done with it. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm so bad about that, yeah. so... Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's, I'm excited for my number nine. Uh, excited for Overwatch coming out soon. I know we talked about that uh, yeah, previously. Overwatch starts its uh, its its pre order beta today, actually. Um, and but you're doing PC. I'll probably get it for a console. I don't know which one though. Yeah. So and then I'll play it for 15 minutes and not play it anymore. So, but the the, the ultimate like you know the the here here is the moral of the story. By Rocket League, those matches are five minutes, and Paul can complete one of those matches. That's really what it comes down to. Right. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, just uh, before we get to our main segments, just two more things here. Um, one, just uh, for talking about May the 4th, uh, the, the celebrity birthdays that day, I just wanted to mention Will Arnett's birthday is May the 4th. So, my favorite Batman, that's his birthday. So, happy birthday, Will Arnett. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, did I have anything else news wise? No. But so, um, so yeah, that's, that's our news. I'm going to tease an interview that. Um, this with uh, Joe Caroni. Uh, he is an yeah. artist that does uh, awesome Star Wars stuff and other sci-fi, like X-Files, Doctor Who, uh, Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. like 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 legit awesome work. Yeah. Like I want to I want to buy all of it. We met him briefly at Wizard World when we were in there in February. He was a real cool guy. Um, and he actually resides in Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah, so uh, it's cool to have like like that kind of talent like nearby, and it's cool that we live in a day and age where someone can do that and not have to be focused to like New York, Chicago, or yeah. like you know L.A. So like that's that's awesome. So we're going to have that interview for for May the fourth, and then um, after that we have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. 
And now for our feature presentation. All right. So again, thank you. I know you're you're really busy, so I appreciate the time to to talk to us. Oh, no problem. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, we can talk for however long. I mean, I usually when I do these things, I go anywhere from like thirty minutes to forty five minutes, maybe an hour, usually at the most. So. Anywhere in there is fine. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to keep you for an hour, yeah. I, just because I mean, I'm sure you know, like you got things to do, and I know sometimes it's just like I don't want to get into the whole like, oh, it's a half hour in, so so tell me in order your favorite Star Wars everything like that would not <laughs> right, you know. Right. Um, yeah, and a lot of these, it doesn't really matter. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll try to make it. Hopefully, we'll make it a little bit more interesting than just like the same seven questions. So hopefully, hopefully it goes a little bit more smoothly than that. Um, oh yeah. No- but but again, we appreciate it. And also, too, real quick, uh, you were the one that submitted the photo of me as Dennis Nedry to that replica prop forum thing. That got like seven thousand likes. It blew my mind. So I appreciate what? you putting that up there. What was it? What photo? The Dennis Nedry one from Wizard World Cleveland. Oh, that was you. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and I I submitted I post well. I posted on my page, and then my buddy, who's the social media manager for the 501st Legion, uh, my buddy Dean, he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, can I, can I, at, can I reshare this to the 501st Legion page?" And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." You know, he always, whenever I take really cool convention photos, he always shares them. So he he posted it on the 501st page, and then yeah, it got like, I mean, he gave me the photo credit, but. Yeah, I got tons of hits. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just surprising. Like, um, I wasn't paying attention, and and someone I know tagged me in it, or they shared it, and they're like, "You should check this out." And I was like, "What is going on?" So, yeah. So, so I'm well, not I'm not used to fame. There, so. <laughs> no, but thank you. It was uh, that was uh, that was nice <laughs> and unexpected. Yeah, I I never know what's gonna go viraling. I, I take a lot of convention photos and every now and again, there's those ones that just kind of stand out and then they get shared around pretty quick at that point. Yeah. I guess you just can't really tell what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, you see a lot of cool, cool costumes out there and it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like that one, a lot of people were tickled by it. So I'm, I'm glad that I was able was, to wander were, around. You were getting stopped a lot. I remember. Yeah. So, yeah. um, <laughs> But yeah, anyway, again, I just want to thank you for that. Again, thank you for, for doing this uh, for us. Yes, thank you for doing it. And for May the 4th, I'm sure you probably did some cool Star Wars stuff today, didn't you? Uh, oh, God. What did I not? I mean, I, I've got work. That's I've got projects I've been prepping, and mm. that's about as cool as I guess it <laughs> got for me today. Um, yeah, nothing too exciting. I mean, I, I I have a lot of Star Wars things happening, and like, certain projects are going to be starting really soon. So it's, it's been signing contracts and then promoting. And that's really all I've done today. Well, I mean, I guess it's still star Wars related. So that's you know. doing star Wars stuff <laughs> on star Wars. Day, yeah. 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 Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just get things done. Uh, not done. We'll get things started here officially. Um, we're here uh, speaking to uh, Joe Caroni, uh, who we've, as we mentioned previously, we met at was a Cleveland who does a lot of, awesome star wars uh artwork and other things too um and he's kind of share some time with us and talk about star wars and all of the other things you've worked on too because i have some questions about some of the other things on your website as well that... sure. yeah hey everybody how's it going so um uh, my first question i'm going to just dig right into the thing i want to know about the most uh crimson dynamo 
I uh, yeah. I saw that, and not only because it's just like I love some of the more like B list C list Marvel properties. This was an epic comic, and I remember when that stuff was being talked about. So what was that? What was that whole scenario like? Because it was bringing like all these different like artists together to work on stuff separately, right? Yeah, yeah, that was back when in the early 2000s, like around 2003, I think, uh, Marvel was doing, they were kind of taking a page out of the Image Comics playbook, and they were doing sort of a creator-owned type property thing where, uh, in this case, Crimson Dino was, that Dynamo was, um, that was already a Marvel property per se, but they were allowing uh, brand new creators to take either new concepts or some of Marvel's older concepts and sort of revamp them. And it was sort of like, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, they, they were trying to brand it under their Epic comics line, which, which was sort of a relaunch of the old Epic comics line that Marvel had back in the, in the eighties. So it was sort of, um, it was sort of like a, I don't, I don't know how successful it ultimately was. I don't think it was very, uh, it wasn't around very long. No. Uh, yeah. There was, I remember yeah. they had like one issue where they teased like four separate stories. that are all supposed to be number ones. And yeah, then they yeah. never made a second issue of any of those or that preview issue. They did like a well, six Crimson, issue run, the, didn't they? Yeah. Crimson Dino was one of the rare ones that actually ran. It was a six issue series. And it ran all six issues, and I know they had another one like Phantom Jack and a couple other books. God, this is so long ago now. Um, but I remember, yeah, they put out one or two of some of these other titles, and then they just never um, – it, it was sort of like a testing ground maybe uh, for Marvel and for new creators. And they were just trying to be do something kind of hip and indie-oriented and trying to be kind of like I think what – trying to emulate the success that image was doing with their indie books at the time. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got to, I came in late on Crimson Dynamo. I think Steve Ellis was the original artist. He had done the first couple issues and, um, and then couldn't commit to it anymore. And then um, i trying to remember how I got that gig. I, it's funny thing is it was written by John Jackson Miller who is a Star Wars author for you know Star Wars Kenobi that came out a couple years ago from Del Rey Books. Uh, he's written some other uh, uh, Star Wars uh, uh, novellas and, and, and some other Star Wars uh, things for Lucasfilm. Um, Knights of the Old Republic comic book series for Dark Horse. But that was, <laughs> that was my first Marvel... That was my first big comic book project. I had been published before then, but... Crimson Dynamo was my first, uh, I guess, mainstream published comic book work, and I was, and that was from. Oh, I rem- yeah, it was a mutual friend. Uh, that's right, of John Jackson Miller, and me ended up putting us together on that book. Uh, so that's how I met John, and then years later, uh, I had already been doing Star Wars, but then years later, John would go on to uh, to work on Star Wars with great success. So. Um, and we've been, yeah, we've been friends ever since Crimson Dynamo, but, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of fun to work on that. Uh, I got to draw Iron Man, uh, and he, he had a, an appearance in the story. So, so that was, yeah, that was a really fun series. Yeah. I just, I saw that and I remember like whenever 
Marvel was they they I remember the 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 they had a book out that kind of said hey you guys could come do this and I remember yeah. I was kind of excited at the time and it just nothing kind of came out of it but I, when I saw on your bio page I saw that I was like that's I I had to ask you because I remember clearly when Epic tried launching it it just didn't quite didn't quite stick the landing yeah 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 it didn't uh, it didn't really take off but for me working on Crimson Dynamo on those. I think I did three or four issues uh, of that series. Um, I ended up uh, that it didn't end up at the time with more artwork for Marvel, but it opened the door to a couple DC things, little things here and there. And then I ended up doing a lot for uh, IDW like a year or so later. Um, So it was, uh, and I've been doing uh, comic books for IDW for gosh oh probably 10 or 11 years now uh off and on pretty steady i guess um so yeah the marvel thing led to more comic book work um so that was for me that's something i got out of it i guess yeah i just i saw that i thought that was cool so i I just it's something that's near and dear to me because i remember when that happened and i wanted to ask that uh, about that so um i know joe here is more uh, he's more Star Wars heavy than I am, so I'm sure he has a couple Star Wars related questions. I yeah, I mean, like with Star Wars. So I know, like looking at your your website, like you've done a lot of for Star Wars. So with a lot of the the new canon starting up, what is it you're looking forward the most to working on, like character wise? Oh, um, I mean, I'm excited to work with more of. Uh, you know, characters from The Force Awakens, you know, Rogue One's going to be really cool. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just a Star Wars diehard. I mean, it's the whole reason why, why, I, why I do art for a living. So um, if I were to pick any particular characters that excite me the most, um, you know, Kylo Ren is really awesome. I, I love the, uh, I love how multifaceted, how multidimensional they made him in The Force Awakens. Um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing some more artwork with him. Um, I, I, you know, I love BB-8. I mean, not so much from a, from a, you know, a, a, full, a fully realized kind of like deep character kind of context, but just, you know, the design and, and, and the quirkiness and fun of him. So actually I have a, I have a print coming out later this year with Disney. That's a BB-8 print. So that's going to be kind of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, Rogue One's going to be really cool. Uh, gosh, yeah, I would love to, you know, work with those characters once more gets revealed with them. Um, Ray is great. You know, I, I've got some concepts with Ray that I'm working on. and and uh, But, yeah, I'm just wherever – I kind of go wherever the Star Wars jobs take me, wherever the, the publishers and the clients that I work with pretty much – you know, whatever they have for me. It could be original trilogy. It could be prequel stuff. It could be the new stuff. I'm just kind of excited for, for whatever Star Wars stuff comes along. Is there um is there any Star Wars actor that you have not met yet that you're, you really want to meet? Uh, that I really want to meet? Um, hmm. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, it would be cool to meet Harrison Ford. I, I, I Last year at San Diego Comic-Con, I was at the... Uh, I was at the... Uh, the Star Wars uh, in concert um, promotional event that they did. This was before The Force Awakens was released, so this was last July. Um, 
and I was on, I was right in the front row of the stage when, and this was an outdoor performance, but they, uh, it was really cool. And they, you know, Disney brought out all of the actors on stage. So, uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and the entire new cast. So, uh, yeah, Harrison was like pretty much five feet away from me, right in front of my face, <laughs> but I didn't really get to, you know, say hi or anything. Cause he's like, he's like right there on a stage in front. But, um, yeah, yeah, I met Carrie Fisher. That was really cool. I met her a few years ago um, and got to talk to her briefly. Uh, Mark Hamill would be awesome. You know, um, I, I'm i sure that's possible at some point. I, I, I know his son, Nathan, and I see Nathan at different events. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I'd be. A, yeah, I mean, I've met uh, <laughs> so many of the actors <laughs> over the years. I, I see them at events and conventions. Right. Um you know, I'm on a first name basis with like, you know, Jeremy Bullock and David Prowse and and, uh, uh, you know, like Kenny Baker. <laughs> like these people remember who I am. From That's really something. cool. <laughs> it's, it's so surreal. Cause I, I it's like I go to a convention. And they're like, oh, hey, Joe. You know, it's like you know, if you would have told, you know, five, six year old Joe back in the day when he first saw Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, if someday he'd be hanging out with these characters at a convention. It would totally blow my mind. Yeah. That would blow uh, Joe's mind here. <laughs> I know, five I'm or six year old Joe. If that happened to him, I don't know what I'd do if I was on a first name basis with anyone from any of the star Wars. Yeah. movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cause back, you know, at these events, the artists and then the celebrities and everyone in between, we're kind of all on the same playing field, but it's, it's only usually at these kind of events at comic cons and stuff mm-hmm. because I'm not, I don't, make the same kind of money that these actors do i don't have the same kind of celebrity or anything like that but when you're at a comic con the promoters sort of treat all of the guests all the artists and all the actors as 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 you know as as celebrities so you you get to go behind the scenes and you hang out with these people and you end up going to dinner with these people and you do that so many times over the years you keep seeing the same faces and and uh so you end up you know swapping stories at you know late night at some bar with boba fett or going to (laughs) going to family barbecues with darth vader i mean this has happened it's been really surreal so i've definitely had some good stories over the years so you have like a true cantina story to tell at some point yeah yeah i mean there's (laughs) definitely a couple that i'm like i can't believe i like went to a barbecue with darth vader and yeah just like totally private you know really chill you know had beers ate watermelon just you know like just i don't know kicked back he you know, it was just me and a few friends and we just had like you know uh an, an entire day with david prouse just him sharing all these amazing stories of the making of the of the films and his his other movies he's worked on over the years so it's you know stuff like that it's just you can't you can't plan it or you can't put a price on it it's just one of those things that one of the one of the quirks and one of the one of the bonuses that come with i guess doing star wars work for a living, yeah, that's that's a hell of a bonus because that's a life experience i could not even wrap my mind around right now <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly so when you first got associated with lucasfilm and i know you still do work with them um i'm just curious as to what their their process is in terms of outlining what you can and can't do in terms of art that's submitted to them because I have a feeling they probably have some rules that maybe not some other companies have. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, to an extent. Um, 
I mean, they definitely are very protective of their characters, of their license, um, especially even more so now that Disney has taken over the reins. Um, everything still goes through Lucasfilm approval, even though Disney owns the property. They Disney sort of basically still trusts Lucasfilm to sort of run the ship. Um, of course, Disney has their say and their input on, on final things, but... Um, not a whole lot's changed in that regard, but, um, they're just, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's definitely, um, a, a, uh, you know, there's sticklers for, for detail and, um, a lot of that comes from the story group and, and the art directors and the editors at Lucasfilm who, who live and breathe and eat this stuff for a living, just like I do. So um, a lot of the time I'll do stuff and it, it you know, almost 99% of the time it usually flies through. Um, I think with the Force Awakens stuff, Disney's definitely being more hands-on with that property and, and they're being a, definitely more picky with what with what gets approved and what goes out. But um, it's, it's in the end, it's all about quality control and it's about you know, making sure the best stuff comes out. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, they're doing a really good job with that, and I never usually have a problem with that. You know, there's there's always internal notes and little changes here and there, but I'm never really told, no, you can't do that, or it, it, it does happen from time to time with some artists, but it, it really depends on what the project is and whatever it is, you know. Usually they tell me what they want, and once in a while I do submit some ideas for certain things and they, they might shoot something down, but they, uh, they're always good about, okay, well, if that didn't work, how about, you know, they'll, you know, give me suggestions, do this instead or something. So. Yeah. And I see that with, um, I, with, you said you did a lot, you do a lot of work with IDW. They have a lot of licensed products as well, or licensed, not products, but, um, uh, franchises. They, they do a yeah. lot of franchises like Ghostbusters and Doctor Who and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So how does like, it, it seems like that's, you've done a lot of work with all these different like properties how how do you navigate like i guess the question is um you know you go and you do like a doctor who star trek cover with both both those together um like is there i don't know is there certain not rules but like certain unspoken things where like star trek always has to be like this and doctor who always has to be like this like certain identities to the property they have that balance when you when you present something like that well, they sort of entrust the artists in, in those cases with licensed property work. I mean, the whole reason they hire me and, and similar artists is because they know we're fans of this stuff. So they don't really have to say, you know, there's not, they don't really have to go, okay, does he know this property? Is he going to misrepresent it? Is he going to draw it wrong? Is he going to put something in there that doesn't fit? It's like, no, I mean, they, the whole reason um, they, and, and a lot of, I mean, they trust us a lot. And then when that stuff does happen, I mean, that's what, that's what editors and art directors are for. They're there to be like, Oh no, take that out. doesn't work, whatever. So, I mean, there's not, you know, uh, there's, there's never uh, any real drama in that sense. But I think the guys that do this like me for a living, they know, you know, that we're fans of this stuff or that we're very knowledgeable with these properties to begin with. So they sort of entrust us and, and do give us uh, – we actually do get a lot of creative freedom uh, when it comes to 
working on on these properties. But again, it, it's it's all relative to what's been established and what you know they expect. Like you know uh, that we're going to keep our our works within the confines of you know the it's going to feel and look like Star Wars or Star Trek or Doctor Who, but. You know, at the same time, the editors are there to kind of reel us in if we go a little too far one way or something. But um, usually I don't have any problem with that because I I know this stuff so well that I'm a fan of all this stuff. Um, So it's it's uh, if there's something like Doctor Who where I'm maybe not 100 percent on some stuff, they, you know, that's just ask an editor or an art director or maybe confer with some fans or something if I need to get something exact. But yeah, um, Doctor Who fans, they'll let you know everything. I know that for a fact. But yeah, it's got to be fun yeah. to be able to do research too, like on something like that. So you kind of kind of expose yourself to something like. Yeah, like definitely, like with Doctor Who, which I wasn't—I mean, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of it. I'm familiar with it. I've seen, you know, some of it. I I, I know my way around the universe, but it's it's fun for me because it's a nice change of pace. Where I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, I get to do research and explore something new, and 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 I learn a little bit as I go along, but. Um, again, if like, if something's missing or, you know, I can, I can always email a friend or message a fan and say, Hey, you know, do you think this is a good idea or something, you know, and then I can kind of figure things out that way. But, you know, most of the time it's, I, I've got a really good handle on all this stuff. So I, I don't really need to do that really very often. So would you say, um, was it comics or was it Star Wars that got you into, the profession oh definitely star wars but it was kind of a twofold thing because when i saw star wars um when i was four years old and when a new hope well, it was just star wars then but it, when it came out in theaters i saw it as a kid and um you know the only it left such an impact on me you know i started drawing immediately when i got home i think i was already drawing before then you know like every kid draws but uh after i saw the movie um, I ended up just sort of it lit a fire in my imagination. But shortly after that, I remember getting the the comic book ad- adaptation from Marvel, and it was an oversized Treasury edition, in which they were these big oversized comics that Marvel uh, used to put out back in the day. And they had a big oversized issue of of Star Wars number one, and my mom got that for my birthday in July of '77, and uh, so. Once I got that comic, and and that was my first comic book, and I ended up basically drawing pictures from that, so that I was seeing the movie and then having the big comic book, and then I was you know tracing pictures from there, and 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 then drawing from my imagination. So it was kind of a twofold thing, really. Star Wars inspired me, but it was the Star Wars comic that sort of introduced me to comic book art and storytelling and and that's kind of you know they kind of go hand in hand for me so you know but yeah so you know i guess that's sort of how it all started basically and i just never looked back ever since out of the uh out of the seven movies which which is your favorite (sighs) well my personal favorite is the one that started it all was episode four um, because there's just something really magical about that movie. Um, it just every time I've seen it and I've watched it, you know, hundreds of times ever since it's come out. But 
it's just I, I know that Empire is the better movie, and uh, Empire Strikes Back, and it's technically the better film. It's it's so beautiful. It's art directed so perfectly. It's the acting is superb. The dialogue is great. A New Hope is kind of clunky and rough around the edges. The effects may not hold up quite as much in certain areas, which is you know. That's I mean ILM is still amazing for what they did in that movie, obviously. But I mean, compared to what some of the revolutionary stuff they did in Empire, so it's like I mean I know that Empire is the better film, but A New Hope is my personal favorite just because it's the one I have the most fond memories of, probably. I think that's how I feel too with uh, Jedi and Empire because I saw New Hope uh, as a kid on like a VHS or Betamax or whatever they had. Uh, and then my mom took me out of school when I was like five, I think, to go see Empire, or not Empire, um, Jedi. And that resonates with me just because that was like one of the first movies I actually saw in a theater when I was a kid because she never took me out to the theater. And Jedi will always be kind of like my nostalgic favorite movie, but Empire, as an adult growing up, I, I started to appreciate Empire more. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely the, the best Star Wars film in terms of drama and acting and dialogue and effects and and just, you know, the cinematography, the lighting, the art directing, everything. But um, yeah, but yeah, A New Hope. And, and I love Jedi, too. I mean, you know, even the prequels for all their failures and all their faults, it's like as a Star Wars fan, I still love them because I appreciate and I enjoy how they further the mythology, um, you know, in, in terms of the overall saga, just the, how they expand the story. So I, you know, I love the prequels for that, and they are technical marvels. Um, but yeah, even you know, so it's like I'm not going to make excuses for the mistakes in them, but at the same time, like I just I love Star Wars, so it's like I'm gonna. That's how I kind of feel because <laughs> I don't always want to defend the prequels, but like you know, people always come at me and they'll just be like, "But those prequels," and I'm like, "I know, but they're still right. Star Wars." <laughs> but it, it but it, it's what it adds to the myth, you right. know. It, it the story is so great that even the prequels, for all the wooden acting and wooden dialogue, it, it's it's they still deliver so much magic you know so and um yeah so i mean and we could you know you could argue that kids you know growing up are gonna love you know that they weren't really for our generation necessarily but on the same side of that they really should have you know they probably really should have hit a bigger home run with all, all audiences but the prequels definitely were uh, for a new generation of star wars fans and there's a lot of kids that love the prequels and they find the the, the the original trilogy you know maybe too slow or too boring or too dated looking so i mean it's just it's apples and oranges at the end of the day you know and they're 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 old fans who don't like the force awakens you know so it's like yeah you just have to i think you have to really just keep an open mind and if you're if you love star wars i think you'll find things to appreciate in in every film you know usually i think they're all amazing for for different reasons well didn't one of your jedi creations get killed by grievous if i was reading correctly like i was reading somewhere that you helped create two jedi and one of them got killed by grievous so i can see how you have a little bit of love for for the prequels 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I'm the one that decided to kill my own creation. And, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I turn my friends into Star Wars characters sometimes, and sometimes they end up taking on a life of their own when I... I, you know, I throw a friend in a Star Wars illustration, and then it gets noticed, and then, then I keep, you know, like my character Kai Justice, who's based off my friend Justin Chung, who is a Star Wars sketch card artist, and he was a good buddy of mine. He still is a good buddy of mine, but he he was a he was doing cosplay way back in the day during the prequels, and he had a Jedi outfit. So I took some reference photos, I threw him some art, and I kept using him over and over. And then eventually, the fans noticed, Lucasfilm noticed him. Uh, we, me and Justin named the character. We came up with the background, and then they ended up adopting that uh, into making it canon. That's eventually, not right away, but over the years. And then soon after they did that, after 10 years of drawing my friend as his character, uh, I decided, you know, hey, you know, I don't want anyone else. Because other, other Star Wars artists were starting to draw him and, and, and put him in things. And, and I'm like, so I got the opportunity to do him for a, a trading card. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do the death scene of Kai Justice. And <laughs> I had, I, I basically killed off my friend Justin. I one I didn't want anyone else to do it. And I had him, I had Darth Vader kill him off. Um, Cause Justin was a order 66 uh, survivor. And then my friend Jan Durisma, who drew for dark horse comics, she drew all the star Wars comics for like 10 years. I turned her into a Jedi in a couple illustrations, and then I had the chance to kill her character off. Just I had to do a scene of Grievous fighting a Jedi, so I'm like, oh, I'll throw Jan's character in here, and this will be her death scene, you know. So, that's yeah, really, that's it's, really it's cool. all fun to, <laughs> to build up your friends as characters and then kill them off, and, <laughs> and, and never let them forget that and be like, I made you, yeah. and I destroyed right. you. You're, you're canon yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> I made you. Canon. Yeah, they're canon. But then it's like, yeah. And then I get greedy. I'm like, I don't want anyone else to to do their death scene because they're Jedi. So it's like I, you know, that at some point they have to die. Um, so with Justin's character, though, uh, well, actually Jan, <laughs> Jan was the one that told me to kill her off because she she thought it was cool. I made her into a Jedi, and she's an amazing artist. Um, for dark horse but she she's the one that was like oh she i don't know if she she wasn't weirded out by it she, she's a good friend of mine but she was like i remember her just telling me to to kill her off sometime just kill my character off i don't i don't you know just kill me kill me really cool i'm like okay cool so i did and then um my friend justin his character kai justice it was cool because uh pablo hidalgo at lucasfilm who i worked with on Hollow Net News, which was a Star Wars Insider feature, and it used to be a website during the prequels. It was sort of like a CNN of Star Wars, basically, it's like an in-universe uh, news site. We were doing the the feature for Star Wars Insider, and 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 Pablo decided to make Kai Justice uh, uh, one of the few survivors of Order sixty six, which is a really rare honor. So yeah. when Pablo was like, "Hey, you know, we're gonna take your character, and he's gonna he's gonna get away, you know." And, and so that was really cool. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" You know, he's up there with like Yoda and Obi Wan and Quinlan Boss. So not too many Jedi have escaped. And but at that point, I knew like, okay, well, he can't live forever. You know, Darth Vader eventually gets everyone. So I'm like, I I, I knew at some point down the road, I would have to kill off. Or I knew that Kai Justice would get killed off, so I was like, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be me, and it's going to be by Darth Vader. He's not going to like 
he's not going to get caught by stormtroopers or something. Yeah. You know, he's going to actually get taken out in a big way. Well, even getting taken out by Grievous is pretty good, is pretty good compared to some yeah, of the other ones. Jam- yeah, she got she got taken out by Grievous and some Star Wars art for Star Wars Insider. So that was she was pretty happy about that. That, that's pretty awesome. So, <laughs> speaking of uh, licensed properties, I saw that you did uh, these fake newspaper covers uh, for the this. It looked like a big crossover for X Files conspiracy that had X Files, Ghostbusters, Transformers, and Ninja Turtles all together. How much fun was that to kind of mix all those worlds up? Yeah, I mean that for me. I mean, I'm just that was fun just to. I mean, I just did the cover art for those books, but. Um, you know, I didn't really get to work on the story per se or doing the, the interior sequential art. So for me, it was more fun in the sense that I got to work on properties that I normally didn't work on, like Transformers and Ninja Turtles and The Crow and Ghostbusters. And I'm obviously fan a fan of all those stuff, especially, you know, the old school Transformers, not not the new movies. But um, <laughs> and and, uh, you know, uh, Turtles was fun and and Ghost. I love Ghostbusters. So. Uh, in the crow. So basically, I mean, I got to do my versions of those characters and, um, I didn't really get to, I mean, it was under an X file X files, uh, title. Uh, you know, I didn't really get to do the crossover artwork per se. I mean, I basically just did those characters for those X file comic book covers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've gotten to work on other crossovers, and, and stuff, which is always fun, where I've actually mixed the characters in the artwork. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I'm a huge X-Files. I'm like, it's my favorite television show of all time. So getting to work on X-Files comics in general was a huge deal for me. I mean, that was that was an, an, an honor to get to, and I got to do some X-Files characters, you know, for a number of issues, uh, a number of covers, rather, so... So uh, tangential to that, two questions. One, on one of those covers, there's a blurb about Sasquatch wanting to try out for the NFL, and the Browns were interested, and I thought that was funny. And then yeah. uh, the side question of that, um, the X-Files revival, like, w- like what did you think of that? Okay, well, all those little blurbs on those X-Files crossover comics with the, the, um, the, the, the weekly weird news covers, uh, which actually I, I think I came up or no, did my editor come with that title? I know I, de- I designed all the the cover designs, the way, you know, the layouts and all that. My editor was the one that came up with, like, the Sasquatch joins the NFL and, you know, um, uh, all these other quirky, like, National Enquirer-type, you know, sub-headlines that were on those covers. So he wrote all of that. I, th- I may have came up with Weekly Weird News. I know I came up with the logo for it. Um, I can't remember if my editor Denton actually came up with that title. Um, I, I want to say that I did though. Um, but anyway, he wrote all the text though that went on those covers, and then I designed it all, and that was that was pretty fun. That was kind of the design the design geek in me got to make fake newspaper front pages with crazy artwork, you know. So that was really fun. Um, the second question, the revival, I loved it even for all of its creaky joints and kind of bumps along the way. Um, I thought, you know, the first episode, the, the mythology conspiracy episodes, the first and last episodes. Yeah. A little too forced, a little too rushed, a little too wooden, but 
there was still some really awesome stuff in those two episodes. And then everything in between was great. Like, you know, the Mulder and Scully meet the were monster. I mean, that was, that was a great episode. (laughs) Yeah. One of the best episodes like ever. ever. Like, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, in the eight or nine seasons of, or 10 seasons, okay, I can't think, I think it's been nine seasons of X-Files now, I guess. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's saying a lot because there's hundreds of episodes. So like for them to, to really do that well for the revival, I mean, yeah, there's, there were a couple episodes that were a little rough, but I mean, you know, still, you know, the majority of those episodes in the revival were so great. Um, so I, yeah, I'm totally psyched. You know, they left it on a cliffhanger and it's like, Oh my God, why would they do that? And so it's like, they have to come back now because, uh, I, I, I want to see more of Mulder and Scully. I thought, you know, everyone was just sort of getting their, their, their rhythm back and everything was going great and six episodes weren't enough. And, um, you know, I mean, they could do another six episodes. That'd be great. I just want to see them continue. So that's how that's kind of how I felt. I felt like the rhythm started to go, and then all of a sudden, I was like, "Wait, wait, it's over." No, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. For, for for something that we didn't know that we missed, and it was something right. that not necessarily people were asking for. <laughs> I thought it was awesome in this day and age of everything getting revived. I was like, "Why not?" Like, yeah. We we did a how long ago was that? We yeah, did, it was a couple months ago. We did an episode yeah, about that. Yeah, we did a we did a cast about it when it when it came out or when it finished. Yeah, and, but yeah, it was very enjoyable. Um, so then that also will go to this question too, and then we'll start to wrap up because I know I know you're uh, very busy with with all the things that you do. Um, is there a property out there right now that you have not had a chance to work with that you'd like to? Uh, that's a pretty good question. Um, Let's see. Well, I'm a big fan of a lot of the, you know, the Marvel films, and I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fanboy of all the Marvel comics, for that matter, and DC as well. I mean, Batman is my favorite comic book character. I'm a huge Batman fan. I always have been since I was a little kid. Um, so, I mean, I've done a tiny bits of stuff with Batman or semi-related to Batman for DC and other little things, but. I mean, I never really got to do my, you know, uh, like I, I did like one pinup for Batman for a convention thing that um, was for, for Batman's 75th anniversary. So that was really fun. Uh, but, yeah, to do something for DC officially on Batman uh, or even on a regular basis, that would be really cool. Um, I love all the Marvel films. Uh, funny thing is, I'm actually getting the chance to work on something for Disney officially for Marvel uh, guardians of the galaxy related. So it's just, but it, it's like a, basically a limited edition print kind of thing. Um, so that'll be cool. That's coming up here. I got to do that this year. And um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, I've worked on so many properties from star Wars, star Trek and doctor who and X files and, and uh, Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, you know, I love all that stuff. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. I would love to do more with Indy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would, I, I guess if I were to pick one, I mean, it might be might be Batman, and it might be if maybe a few other comic book characters that I that are near and dear to my heart, like 
the Punisher. I've always been a huge Punisher fan since I was a kid, and Daredevil and Spider Man, that kind of stuff. So. And um, and I'm just going to ask real quick. I just realized you talked about Indiana Jones. I saw some of the the card stuff that you did. Um, like I'm a big fan of Drew Struzan and the way he does portrait you know, portraits. It looks like there's right. a lot of that in your framing for your covers. Is that something that you yeah. pulled from? Because like he made every movie poster right. ever that we loved. Right. I grew up, you know, idolizing his work as a kid. I mean, uh, in the eighties, uh, all the way up through, you know, even the mid nineties, like you couldn't go to a movie, uh, like an event film or a big, or even non-event movies. Actually, he did so many posters. Um, and not see his artwork, especially with Star Wars and Indy and Back to the Future and all these other, you know, series of films. Um, yeah, Drew has always been a huge, huge influence on me. Um, so to say I studied his work, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I think it's anything, it's more subconscious because I just looked at it all the time growing up and also... <laughs> As an art student, you know, I began to pay more attention to it and collected posters. You know, I had posters of, you know, uh, his indie posters and Star Wars posters hanging up in, you know, in my, in my, uh, you know, where I lived, you know, growing up and, and, and all through college and even after school. Um, but then definitely researching him more as I got older and always studying him and, I've gotten to meet him a few times and, and, and chat oh, with wow. him personally. Yeah, that was... See, Joe's impressed with Vader. I'm impressed with Drew Struzan. <laughs> well, like, no, I'm, I'm impressed yeah. with Drew Struzan, too. That, yeah, that's got, really cool. It was so random, actually. I'll tell you real quick. A couple of years ago at Comic-Con, back when they that the, those people were doing the, um, the the Drew Struzan documentary, which just came out on Netflix last year. Yeah, it's really, um, really good. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I, I love watching that. So I would met Drew very briefly back in 2007 at star wars celebration just walking through the art show and he was saying hi to all the artists basically one by one and i got to shake his hand and say hi and i always thought yeah that was awesome there was my meeting with drew and and um but then probably god it was about maybe six or seven years later at san diego comic-con i was sitting in artist alley and just minding my own business and sitting at my booth at the very end of the aisle and this huge you know comic-con san diego is just incredibly crowded just thousands and thousands of people milling about walking past you all day and i had my head down doing a sketch for a fan and no one was really at my table at the time and i'm just sitting there drawing and then i i felt someone looking over my shoulder and um i thought it was just a fan that was coming by to watch me draw and i look up you know expecting to see a fan and it's lo and behold it's drew struzan standing over my shoulder and i look up and i'm like true i'm like what what are you doing here you know why this is crazy he's like he's like oh i'm just in the trenches you know just um you know like this is you know where my people i'm just seeing my people you know visiting my compatriots you know he's really cool and uh, he's like i'm just you know i was doing like a star wars sketch and so uh ended up ended up hanging out at my table and we chatted for a while i told him you know i showed him my star wars art and told him more about me and, and told him what a you know he was my biggest influence as an illustrator so that was just random and surreal, and we talked for like 15 minutes and hung out. And then his documentary crew, they came by, and they're like, okay, we got to go. You know, they, they were looking for him, and they pulled him away. But um, they were they were actually making that documentary there at Comic-Con. Or, uh, they were filming it. So, or, or they were filming him signing, I think he was signing Walking Dead posters there or something. But 
so yeah that was that was uh that was pretty cool to get to meet you know my idol and get some one-on-one time with him so um totally random (laughs) one one quick question before we wrap it up uh civil war comes out tomorrow team cap or team iron man uh wow you know i've always been uh team cap kind of guy i mean i love i loved captain america as a kid growing up i mean i bought more cap comics than iron man comics i love chris evans performance as captain america granted robert downey jr is amazing but um i don't know maybe it's because i i got to meet chris evans and sebastian stan uh last year at salt lake comic con i actually got to talk to them too so uh, that might be i might be biased in that regard because they were i got to take some pictures at a at the hotel bar with with chris and sebastian and and uh, yeah that was really that was really random and surreal too i ended up buying sebastian stan a drink and talking to those guys for a few minutes so i i guess i would say team cap you know right. i but i think we're both team cap <laughs> yeah yeah, I hear Civil War makes it really hard for fans to choose, which I think is really awesome. Like, I'm excited to see how they they portray both sides' argument. You know, that's what I want. I want it to be, you know, very, you know, I don't want it to be one-sided. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Well, I'm Team Crimson Dynamo. If that guy shows up <laughs> in the movie, I'll lose my mind. It'll be amazing. So. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, so again, thank you, Joe, for for talking to us. Um, I, your website is uh, Joe uh, Carini uh, Caroni. Sorry, uh, that's C O R R O N E Y dot com. Um, yep, and I, I had it spelled out. I said your name over and over again. And I was like, I'm not going to screw it up. I'm not going to screw it up. And then I screwed it up at the very end. Um, <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, trust me. Everyone yeah. kind of gets it wrong at one point. But th- thank you again for doing this. This was really cool to talk to you. I had a lot of experiences. Uh, that was cool to share. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, it's a uh, comic book artist. Uh, it may not be the most glamorous life, but there's definitely uh, lots of stories and experiences to 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 definitely share. I think. And hopefully next year we'll see you at Wizard World again. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping to be back there in Cleveland for Wizard World, so we'll see how it goes. Cool. All right. Again, thank you. And, um, yeah, so enjoy the rest of your May the 4th and Civil War coming. Yep, May the 4th be with you. Cool. Thanks, guys. And, and we're back. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Uh, so, and to, and to wrap up our May the Fourth episode, I have uh, we've done this before, uh, where Joe has he moonlights. Yeah, I do have I have other jobs besides the podcast and my real life job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the um, the Sith have a bad rap, and I think they're just trying to get by in a, in a galaxy far, far away. So sometimes they gotta they gotta have a little bit of a a PR rep. Yeah, so Joe has taken it upon himself to do some pro bono PR work for the Sith. So I have some questions for him. So he, of course, he has to have some official music to go along with this. Just to be, they, <laughs> no, I'm contracted to play this song, and by contracted, I mean I could be force choked. Yeah. So, but I guess that, that's a good first question. Like this music is very ominous and foreboding. 
is that really how you want to represent yourself? I don't what? really think this um, this music is is that ominous or foreboding. I think because it's associated with uh, the Galactic Empire and a little bit of their track record, everybody gives it a bad rap. But I mean, the the person that, that they commissioned to do this has done amazing work. This isn't just like some some terrible like. Uh, like orchestra or ter- terrible band putting together some kind of like theme song for some bad guys. Well, I mean, yeah, it's John Williams. I mean, he represents right. everybody. And I guess you think about John. Well, look at John Williams and Superman. Yeah, like think of all the uplifting things Superman has 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 brought to people, and it's all because of John Williams' song. Like when that song hits, you just get this swell. This song, I'm sure John Williams wanted that same feeling for the emperor oh okay so this was them saying this is inspiring and hopeful not Mm -hmm. like if you listen to the horns the horns are very close to superman (laughs) so he like Uh, he was trying to get that same you don't think this is the stylistic choice of the composer it could be (laughs) but i mean like if you listen to it and and you and you listen like i'll listen to superman's theme song there with without trying to sound exactly like it the the horns are very close to it Maybe I, you know, I, I'll give you that. So I got a couple other questions here. Just say you, because clearly the Sith are misunderstood. They're not evil. They're just misunderstood. Right. Right. Clearly, um, why do all Sith have father issues? Um, I don't think all of them have father issues. I mean, are we are we talking about uh, Darth Vader or Kylo it, Ren? It seems like all the Sith I know have like, they have issues with it, like their fathers and authority, like. Um, because Luke, I mean, he wasn't Sith, but he could have been, and he he had a problem with his dad for a bit, and and Anakin had a problem with his surrogate father for a bit. Were you were you talking about like Obi Wan or? Yeah, I mean, who else was his father figure? Like, well, I mean, according to 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 records, I mean, there is no father figure as the Force. So, I mean, if you're going to go off of that with Anakin and Vader, and he's had a problem with the Force, I mean, I'd say he didn't have a problem with the Force. The Force, so, really. Are you saying the Force is like a deadbeat dad? It just wasn't around for there for him? It's no, like, listen. I, oh, come on. The, the Force was totally around for him. I mean, you know, from growing up, <laughs> the Force was there for him with the pod racing and then all the way into to puberty. And, and, and I yeah, mean, but really, the Force was really there for him. That He would have put him better into, like, as opposed to being a poor like kid at like owning like a slaver colony or whatever on Tatooine the the force the force could have probably made some like child like payments you know some just but it just kind of left him out there so you're trying to say that the force should have uh, monetarily supported Anakin possibly i don't see why not i mean there's not really anybody in the galaxy that was like really monetarily supported by the force <laughs> i don't- I don't know. I just feel like it's it's, kind it's, of like, it's not it's 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 not I feel a like currency. For, I feel like the force has its fun, and then it doesn't want to deal with the children afterwards. That's all. Oh, yeah. So okay. Anyway, I'm I just, sorry you feel that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> do they really think that calling themselves the First Order as a rebranding is really fooling anybody? Uh, are you are you talking about the Sith? Well, I mean, the Sith are ultimately behind. The you know the first order and that, the empire. That, that's not none of that's been proven. <laughs> but you have you have Kylo Ren who's answering. Who's, he's not Sith. He's not Sith. No. Then what is he? I mean, he's definitely trained in in Jedi arts. Well, and okay. What about um, Snoke? Snoke is just a giant hologram. But he's a Sith. How do you know that? 
because it's a creepy hologram that has a cloak on that talks with a gravelly voice, and that's all. That's all the Sith are. You know, Ad- Admiral Akbar is pretty damn creepy looking if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, is he so Sith? You're, you're labeling me like a Star Wars racist because I'm putting all I'm holograms. I'm not labeling you. I'm like putting a all racist. the holograms you're in the same bucket. You're making assumptions about characters that have that have no ac- no proven accusations. So. But but Kylo Ren, where Kylo Ren is a fan of the Sith. I'll give him that. He, he you know he grew up. He's like, oh my grandpa was a Sith. I mean, like that's like saying like, you know, your 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 grandfather was Jackie Robinson. You're a professional baseball player. Well, well, no. yeah, it is because because you're staring at his jersey in your room, saying, "I'm going to make right by you, grandfather Jackie Robinson," and I'm going to go out there and hit a home run. But you don't play for a single MLB team. But you wear all the gear. And you swing the bat around. I guess so, yeah. And people, make, and people know you as that baseball player that or, kills people. Or that crazy baseball that kid in the backyard that thinks he's like a baseball player. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I mean. I, I like that you're casting just like doubt on like, we don't even know who these people are. No, we don't. Yeah. Like, right. yeah, I mean, the First Order does what the First Order wants to do. I mean, did they take a lot of cues? Yeah, I mean, Kylo Ren definitely wants to be a Sith. That's without a doubt. But he's not. But I'm just thinking of like you know you got your 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 big circles that kill everything. You got your stormtroopers. You got a lot of things that are very and the stormtroopers and the circles that kill everything are the empire. Yeah, but who runs the empire? You're going to have to learn how to separate church and state with this. <laughs> so you need to understand that the state oh. of the galactic empire is not directly influenced by the, the the religion of the Sith or the Force. Okay, but so who who runs the empire though? The emperor. And the emperor is a what? An emperor. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, are there levels of Sith like 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 there are martial arts where they hand you different belts? So, do you go from like do they keep handing you blacker and blacker belts as you go along with your Sith ascendancy? Uh, no, I think you just start out pretty much straight black. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'll just hand you like now this one's midnight black. Right. Onyx. Yeah. It's like this one's black degree two. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Like you know. <laughs> Eight thirty um, at night. <laughs> yeah, this one's dusk. No, uh, that's like a like. Oh, you, what are you? I'm 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 kind of an evening Sith. I'm not full, full on night yet. Mm. Early evening Sith. That sounds like a dress that I would not wear. Um, is there a nice corporate perk of being a member of the Sith? Like any corporate perks? Um, I think like I think they do get a lot of discounts at um like Starbucks. <laughs> Despite well, the, I forcefully or because they just offer it to them. I don't know. I don't. I don't or is because Starbucks? I don't get those. Is, is Starbucks also its own empire? Yeah, could be. Um, but I, I know there's a few there's a few corporate perks they get. Uh, Hertz rental car. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what else they get. They get uh, uh, a blue label pricing at Ford. Um, and I, then all the ice toner gloves they want. Thirteen. Th- they get a percentage off of new Dell computers. I know. I'm trying to think what else. I don't know. I I don't get any of these perks because I'm pro bono. Um, but yeah. like some of the other Sith, they've they've said you know like hey you know this is you know I'm, I was going to order some flowers for a funeral, um, but that I, I might be responsible for. But whatever, right, yeah. well they get I think it's it's either FTD or one eight hundred flowers they get a discount for. So they have there's a lot of great perks. Like I think they get a, like a discount for like Teddy Graham or like Pajama Graham. Like, I, I don't know. I just think it'd be funny. Be like, I'm sorry I killed your family. Here's a pajama gram. I don't know. Some of them do do that, I think. Yeah. All right. Last question I have for you is um, why don't they just blow up every desert base planet in the universe so that way they can just nip all those, like, aspiring Jedi 
in the bud because it seems well, like every time they go off to a desert planet, there's always some Jedi that doesn't realize they're a Jedi. So just wipe all those planets out to start so you don't have any orphan Jedi showing up. Well, it's kind of hard to find uh, because then they get it's, it's the resources really. Um, I mean, they can they can station stormtroopers, they can station people at the the planets, but uh, to actually shoot them, uh, they have to get the resources and they have to make those resources mobile. So. Yeah, but I mean, if they like building these big base killing planets or star spaceships, yeah, usually like, just, target, one, just target all the desert planets and then you're done. Usually it's one or two and they're done. Once it gets blown up, they're just kind of like, eh. <laughs> like once everyone's like, oh crap, they got another one. We got to go stop it now. Right. After, after it's fully operational, we realize, oh, they, they weren't kidding again. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like having those neighbors. It's just like, you know, they did blow up stuff before. Well, Maybe this time they'll be different. You I, look over the backyard. I believe. Oh, shit, it's another Death Star. Originally, when they blew up the first Death Star, the second Death Star was already under construction. It wasn't like, well, let's replace one. It was kind of like, we need more than one of these. So the second one was already kind of underway. Um, so it wasn't like blown up and then let's replace it. So like the resources would have had to keep coming from somewhere. I mean, eventually, yes, they probably could have got all the sand planets. So, But I mean... Um, you know, where, where, what are they going to do when... Because where else do Jedi come from? Honestly. Um, well, I mean, the Jedi had a lot of places they've, 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 they've come from, so... I've only ever seen sand planets. Well, That's they've, like... they've, they've come from, like, Krillia and stuff like that. And, but, I mean, like, just because, you know, the Skywalkers always seem to pop out of sand planets. That's... That well, seems and, more of a And theme. they seem to be the ones that mess things up the most. So why not they just kill all the Skywalkers and be done with it? Well, they kind of did for a while, <laughs> and then they go hide. Yeah, on a desert planet, and then they no, abandon their children. Luke Luke didn't hide in a desert planet. That's true. He went to Ireland. He did go to Ireland. Yeah. So, all right. Um, clearly, clearly, Joe knows more about the Sith and is able to defend. Sorry, not defend. Um, explain and educate me on, on all the important bits <laughs> of, of Sithness. So if uh, you guys have any uh, Sith PR questions, feel free to shoot them to us in an email or on our Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. So we have our, our Facebook is invasion of the podcast. Uh, Twitter is at invading podcast. Uh, uh, Gmail address is at invading podcast gmail.com. Uh, please hit us up there. Also, if you could please leave us uh, five star reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, oh, wherever yeah, this podcast reviews. is available. If you listen, yeah, if you've been listening to the show and you've got a little device that lets you rate things just a quick yeah give us a good yelp review i don't know just like you know you can yeah if you want to start a yelp thing for us that'll, that'll work yeah maybe like, somebody will come over here it's and like eat. good show the music was the food was terrible yeah. though like yeah. next time we're doing a podcast we may have a little uh dinner plate over there <laughs> yeah it's just going to be like a bunch of hot pockets but whatever free hot pockets right so yeah and then we get another yelp review they just sat there and talked while i waited for my check <laughs> yeah and they added a gratuity automatically yeah. it was weird party of one gratuity so breaking in on our past selves it's joe and i from the future so hi guys what we're in the future now but so the but they just heard the past so i realized that this show is a little bit put together weird because we did the beginning part that was day ago and then an interview that happened earlier tonight and then you're going to hear a second part that was later it's all it's all like a terminator timeline thing so Uh. I know it's just all weird. Um, it's still be better than Genesis, but anyways, again, I just want to give a, a thanks to Joe Caroni. Um, oh, it was so cool to talk to him. Yeah, like I am jealous of all the experiences he got to have. Like he seems like such a cool guy. Um, draws Star Wars for a living. Yeah, like, how cool is that? 
So we just want to give a shout out again. Thank you to him. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, his website is www.joecaroni. That's dot com. So Joe Caroni, all one word. You can go check out his artwork, and he has a lot of really cool stuff. So again, thanks to him um, and just spending time to talk to us because he like he's lived a life that uh, that we're jealous of. Frankly, is what it is. So, uh, but I, I, I have life goals now of buying. Uh, Winter Soldier, a drink with Captain America at a bar. Right? I mean, <laughs> when you ask the question of, like, who, whose side are you on, he's like, probably Cap and Winter Soldier because I talked to them in a the bar and we're friends now. Those are friends that you want to have. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're on first name basis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just kind of like them. They're cool to watch. Like, <laughs> it's like I bought him a drink. He broke it with his metal hand. And it was really weird. So, but again, thank you uh, for talking to yeah. us. And everybody go it check out the website. Uh, go buy his art. Uh, it, it's really cool. Uh, so, uh, but now we're going to go magically back to the past again. So, Oh uh, yeah, please check those out. I'm also going to give a, a shout out here to uh, Radio Violenta. Uh, episode three's up. I think I mentioned that previously, but they did talk about aliens and they they had some fun discussion there, and also about a really uh, less not well known Italian heist movie called Seven Golden Men. That sounded like a lot of fun. So check them out at Radio Violenta. Um, also, uh, Kevin of Radio Violenta and myself were doing another podcast called Strange Highways, where we were watching Twilight Zone uh, sequentially. Uh, episode zero is up right now. Episode one's going to be added soon. So please watch um, Twilight Zone. Episode one's called Where Is Everybody where a guy wanders through a town that looks kind of like uh, Hill Valley because it was the set for Hill Valley hmm. that they ended up. So it's funny because he was there when the, the was film, what was it? 58. So he's there technically three years after Marty McFly, which that's kind of, kind of odd to me that if you think about it time wise. So yeah, it's a guy wandering through the, that whole set and it ends in strangely. So please check that out. Um, it's a lot of fun and I encourage you guys. So anyway, that'll do it for us uh, this week. Uh, next week, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about civil war, and free comic book day. Oh, free comic book day is on Saturday. If you guys have not, if you're listening to this this week, if you have not made your plans, go get your free comic books. Um, I don't know the list off the top of my head. Uh, there's, I know our friend uh, Mr. Steve King will be there as yeah, well, we'll doing, doing drawings. We will be at Carolyn John's Comic Shop at Cam's Corner in Cleveland if you want to come out and see us and celebrate. It's Friday night at 10 o'clock. Uh Steve will also be there doing some sketches if you want to meet him. Uh, if you want some Saturday Night Slasher sketches, I'm sure he'll be more than happy to accommodate. Maybe he'll draw one of the Slasher Killing Paul. Yes, we need <laughs> to get that. Yeah, and then I can just frame it and give it to Mary as a wedding present. But here you go. Remember that time I got killed? Uh, so, yeah, we'll be there. Um, I'm hoping to have this episode up, up Friday morning, so hopefully people will be like, oh, yeah, we can just run right up there. So uh, there will be beer given away, too. There's going to be a Black Panther beer and a Hawkeye beer. Uh, kettle, uh, Ant-Man beer. Yeah, ha- yeah, it's courtesy of Brew Kettle. They've done it before. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, come out to that, and then we'll have plenty to talk about next week. So uh, until then, um, and enjoy the week. Enjoy all the awesome Star Wars stuff, Civil War stuff, Deadpool after that. So please, just it's it's our weekend. It's made for us. It's so, kind of our holiday. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like our our religious high holy day. So please enjoy.
And I'm gonna play Battlefront. You're recording. You're yeah, I'm recording. Yeah. So put that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>